Fantasy NBA Hybrid Podcast brought to you by Michael Kimball and Jalen Luzzi. Tonight we are missing our good friend Kyle Stein, but we hope he will back, be back soon with his media expertise and hot basketball takes, which he's always happy to bring to us. But for now, we are in week 17. Also, besides basketball, the Beijing Olympics are happening, but for some reason there is no basketball at the Winter Olympics. I wish somebody could explain this to me. Nobody ever does. Basketball is created specifically as an indoor winter sport. When will it be part of the Winter Olympics? I need to know this at some point. I expect an answer from somebody. Jalen, who should I be asking? I don't even know. I don't know what what is the international like Olympic Committee uh, IOC. Uh, right. Yeah, we we need to send them a letter or something. It, because why can't we have winter Olympic basketball and summer Olympic basketball? It seems perfect. They, we have the variations now with the three man game, all of that three person game. Like, let's do it both Olympics. Yeah, I mean, I guess the question there would be who would be playing in the games? Would it just be all overseas? <laughs> oh, true. That's a problem. <laughs> all overseas guys? Like, what leagues yeah. are we pulling these people from? Yeah, it'll be G League and Euro League. And, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it already got messy. I'm sorry for the suggestion. Um, let's skip ahead to the trades. We are nearing the trade deadline three days away, almost to the minute. And we've seen a few things happen. We've wanted a lot to happen, but we've only seen a few things happen so far. Um, the latest significant trade is the Trailblazers. Uh, they send out Norman Powell and Robert Covington to the Clippers for Eric Bledsoe, um, Justice Wilson, Keon Johnson, a 2025 second from Detroit. On the face of this, the initial reactions from a lot of people were like, whoa, the Trailblazers did not get a lot back there. But the uh, follow-up to that by all of the salary cap experts pointed out why this was a very good trade for the Trailblazers. It takes them under the salary cap, um, saves them tens of millions of dollars, and the Clippers uh, governor was able to do this while spending tens of millions more dollars, but he has billions of dollars, so it really didn't matter to him. This is a couple billionaires playing with tens of millions of dollars. It worked out for both teams. Uh, I asked you in our text thread, Jalen, uh, if the Clippers were trying to compete for this year or next year. Um, why don't you give our audience your answer? Yeah, so I was thinking, I guess, more like, I guess the answer is probably both in the sense that this obviously makes their team better for this year. Um, you know, Eric Bledsoe is a flawed player, as we've seen before in the playoffs. Um, and Justice Winslow ha has been pretty inconsistent and pretty injury prone in both his time in Memphis as well as in LA. Um, and, you know, he's had, you know, a few moments here and there, but, you know, he hasn't really been a reliable contributor. And for all of the faults um, and deficiencies of players like Norman Powell and Robert Covington, um, they're just better than Eric Bledsoe and Justice Winslow. And I think they're, they're better fits for, um, the way that the team wants to play both now and in the future when uh, yeah. they're, when PG and Kawhi are back. You know, Powell has played with with uh, Kawhi before on the Raptors. Yep. Um, he's a great guy to, like, attack closeouts, get to the basket a lot. You know, that's been one of the weaknesses for the Clippers is that they don't get to the rim a ton, especially when they're playing with a traditional big on the floor. 
Um, you know, when they play their five out system, they have a, a slightly easier time to get to the basket, but really they were just a historic three point shooting team last year. So right. um, both, you know, to a lesser, to a lesser extent, Covington and Powell can kind of help out there, you know, they're at least both threats, right? You know, like Covington yeah. typically doesn't shoot a very high percentage on those shots, as you know, uh, from having him <laughs> on your team in fantasy, yeah. but um, you he still is a love threat. him, though. You still yeah. love him. You still love his defense. You still love his heart and energy on the court. Yeah, he has some wild lines. You know, he'll be three for ten, all threes, and then have like <laughs> two blocks, two steals, and yeah. one assist. You know, so he's a funky player, but I feel like he's a kind of player that is really going to help them. He could be that kind of secondary or maybe even primary rim protector when they're playing small. Um, yep. So I just think it, it's a good fit. You know, if you've got the money, as we know, uh, Balmer does, then it's a great move. I think it sets them up well for next year and it probably yep. solidifies them uh, maintaining. Uh, I, I have to check the standings. I'm not sure. Let's see where they where they are in the standings right now. They yeah, are. Right on the cost. I think yeah. they can probably manage to stay in the play in now with this trade. Yeah, I, I, I think they'll get there. Um, almost certainly the, the scoring and playmaking that Powell brings, I, I, I think, was one of the key pieces here, not just for this year, but especially probably for next year. Um, Covington's on an expiring contract, um, but there's been a fairly strong suggestion they'll look to re-sign him uh, next year and that he may be, um, you know, their main small ball, small ball five. Um, so, yeah, the trill. I mean, the Clippers got better this year. Should by some chance Kawhi show up at the end of the season? There are whispers. The the organization says no, definitely not going to happen. People keep whispering, Kawhi's coming. Kawhi's coming. You know, yeah. so like, so I, I I kind of kind of have this weird narrative hope that that happens and creates sort of this wonderful end of season uh, story with that. Um, it probably won't, but I can hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 I mean it would be it would be interesting I mean that's the thing about this season I mean you know I've seen people comment online uh, a friend of the pod John Wilma's uh, talking about how there are like only a couple real contenders you know like I think he said Suns Warriors Heat and Bucks basically um, which is you know you can take it or leave that opinion but sure. what I'm trying to say is that like the Lakers are almost definitely like the Lakers are not getting out of the play-in tournament. So you're going to be it facing LeBron <laughs> James and Anthony Davis in the play-in tournament this, this year. So like if yeah, Kawhi fun. were to come back, <laughs> like it would just be insanity. Like the Warriors are the two seed right now. Like, you know, they, they oh. might be playing one of those teams. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, I love it for just the weird uneven competition in the first, or, you know, even competition rather in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, no, there could be some very interesting implications here for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. And the other thing I want to say, I made like a, a, hopefully it wasn't a tasteless joke. It was, it was in jest and in, uh, meant no harm but Kawhi has a, I mean uh, PG tour has a tear in his UCL and his elbow yeah. um, and that's like that's a baseball injury like every time a pitcher yeah. uh, has to get Tommy John surgery it's a UCL tear 
Um, and there's like different degrees of it. There's like small enough ones that maybe you can continue to pitch. I think Masahiro uh, Tanaka was able to pitch with like a small one after rehabbing. But okay. generally, like most people get Tommy John surgery. Um, so I was sort of like, uh, PG's going to have Tommy John surgery and come back throwing 97 because yeah. people often come back throwing harder after Tommy John surgery than they were Those before. Those are going to be the hardest passes in yeah. the NBA are going to be coming from Paul George. Yeah, I, I mean, I could be wrong. So listeners, please feel free to correct me. But I think the way Tommy John surgery works is they take a ligament like from your thigh or somewhere and then they put it in your elbow. So you actually have a thicker, stronger ligament, I believe, yeah. now in the elbow. Um, but that also kind of made me concerned when I saw the injury at the very beginning, because I'm like, Tommy John surgery is like a year thing. Like if you have right. Tommy John surgery now, maybe they don't need to precisely do that since shooting a basketball is a different right. motion. It's not but any, the same stress. Yeah. But anytime I hear like of a, ba a baseball injury happening to a basketball player, for example, like Dwight Howard had, a, I think it was a labrum tear or a yep. rotator yeah, cuff yeah. injury yeah. and he kept putting off surgery and then he, his shoulder would like he'd basically have a subluxation basically every other game that season I was just like I, I had it's a partial tear of my labor and I'm like this is not gonna work dude like I can tell you this is not gonna work it's I've I've I've, I've had some uh I've had a separated shoulder before and when I started playing softball if I missed, which happened infrequently, but did happen plenty enough that I can tell you the pain is excruciating. Like it's this blinding white hot pain when that happens. I don't know how a professional plays with that. Honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I think it was the wrong decision and he eventually just had to have surgery. So, I mean, yeah. Nasir yeah. Little um, has a labral tear and oh, he's yeah. out for the rest of the year. Like, yeah. I think that's the right move. Just right. have the surgery. It's like a long recovery, but, you know, hopefully you won't have to deal with it again. Right. Right. And I'm just going to hit the fantasy side of this trade a little bit. Um, last night, uh, Norman Powell had a great game in garbage time, put up 28 points. It'll probably be one of his best games for the Clippers uh, in perpetuity. Uh, they, I believe, have him in the starting lineup uh, after this. But what that means, I think Norman Powell's value this year is probably fine. Next year, it's definitely going down. Um, but for this season, it also, uh, Powell moving into the starting lineup there significantly hurts the value of a bunch of borderline wings from the Clippers. Kennard, Batum, Coffee, and Mann all lose value. So if you're holding any of those guys in Yahoo, it's time to drop them. Um, yeah. yeah, that's bad news for me. I, I wrote the same thing for Rasball in my Sunday recap. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure. I almost want to say that Powell's value will be as good or it will be the same or if not better like maybe playing with better players yeah, yeah with Kawhi and PG cleaner will, shots yeah he'll he'll get better looks kind of like the Andrew Wiggins in Golden State effect right. um I think some of that maybe depends on Marcus Morris's role and how many shots he's taken obviously right. one of them is going to get squeezed but I think that the Clippers maybe think that Powell is better and like he's yeah. younger and, you know, it seems like they're minimizing Morris to a certain degree, but yeah, yeah. I'm carrying. Between. They definitely are with Morris completely agree. And I think it's part of the reason for Covington here too. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, I'm carrying Batum in, in our, 
oh, yeah. a, a scorekeeper league and uh, basketball monster has been pretty adamant like not to drop Batum all year even when he's been on the injured list a lot and he's not really doing much he, he's right. putting up lines of like two points two rebounds uh two assists one block <laughs> yeah, and like two steals every game and i'm just like i don't i mean the blocks and steals like are good the blocks, like go. <laughs> the blocks and steals are good but i don't know they're never know. coming back. If they were yeah. coming back, yeah, I would keep him. I think, you know, in, in scorekeeper where we run deep, you know, into the 200s, he's still going to have some value. Standard Yahoo League, forget about it. You're yeah, done. yeah. I, yeah. I like your argument for Powell holding value next year, though. Um, I could definitely see that happening. Yeah, if you're – if first of all, if you're below 14-team league, Batum shouldn't be on your team anyways already, and he definitely <laughs> yeah. shouldn't be on your team now. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well put. The other trade in this one um, just went down. I can't remember yesterday, the day before. The Cavs uh, brought in Karis Levert, which had been um, loudly whispered for days, if not weeks. Uh, it was uh, Karis Levert to the Cavs, Ricky Rubio's um, injury and expiring contract back to the Pacers along with the 2022 first uh, two seconds one of them's 2022 I can't remember where the other one is I think this is a great trade for the Cavs a solid trade for the Pacers that needed to get off their core and do something else how do you see it yeah I mean I don't you know I don't really know if I've really come to an opinion about it I think Levert has not been at his best this season, though I think he's rounding into form more recently. Um, but, you know, I think someone said uh, Caitlin Cooper covers the Pacers for Andy Cornrows and some other places. Um, you know, the, the, the knock against Levert this year has been that he's been more of a, a creator for himself rather than for others. Yeah. And he's had some yeah. tunnel vision this season. And I think that um you know there's probably a lot that goes into that you know he's coming back off of uh, the kidney thing the the kidney diagnosis and like other injuries and covid and all that stuff and so maybe he was trying to focus on getting himself going um and getting in a rhythm that way um but it certainly seems like the the calves are bringing him in to kind of run the second unit as a point guard the way he did yes. in his best days uh for the nets yeah. Um, so I think, they I think have that's a exactly what it is. And, and, you know, I've seen people slot Levert into the starting lineup with Garland. Uh, but I think what you just suggested is the more probable route here that he, he will be taking Rubio's role almost exactly as it was as, as the second unit guy. And sometimes in the closing unit, uh, I think that's how they'll do it. I think a probably still starting there. Um, I, I would imagine that they'll start Levert, but I don't think it'll change the really? calculus, you know, like okay. I think he'll still be that second unit guy. Maybe he, he, he's the first guy to come out while Garland and the other starters stay in that way he can go. Okay back in with the second unit but I just think that like it seems like they have a really high grade on him so I don't think that yeah. they would kind of they wouldn't do that to him I don't think to okay. especially since they probably want to re-sign him especially now that it's come out that Colin Sexton is changing agents and is gonna oh he's gone to right clutch no, this sports. means yeah. Colin Sexton's gone this this, so. this took care of that already if the agent change didn't yeah 
I mean, um, anytime you're you're switching over to clutch sports, it's basically a signal that you are either going to ask for so much money uh, in free agency that the team is not going to want to keep you, or especially if LeBron James is on the team uh, and the bit player is asking for a right. lot of money, you're going to get overpaid. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I'll be really interested to see what the Cavs do here. Um, does does Levert take Sexton's role or does Levert take Rubio's role? Um, I could I could honestly see it going either way. I feel as if I would have to go back and look at the numbers, but I feel as if the Cavs were really playing bad, better when they were going with the three bigs. Garland, and this was after Sexton's injury with Okoro at the two, um, being the defensive-minded disruptor on the ball. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. I think Levert. I think they just they needed another guy who could dribble and create shots. Yeah. Like you know, basically Garland's <laughs> the only one yeah. that can do that. But I mean, this this does open. Like I think. The question is who, what teams are going to be interested in acquiring Colin Sexton? Because uh, I don't think this is what you want to hear, but I feel like Colin Sexton is going to, he's on Detroit's radar now, definitely. Like, I do not want to hear that. <laughs> he has Please to, like, I mean, remove it from the pod so it does not come into existence <laughs> for other people. Because I mean, no, like I, I I've seen discuss, the, 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 there there have been trade talks of Schroeder, Schroeder and Bulbul ending up on the Pistons as well. Oh, wow! Recently, no. and I'm just like, no, 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 no! Like this is this is the wrong direction unless it's all about turning assets over for something else. Um, Bulbul, sure, but Schroeder makes no sense because he's older yeah. and like. He wants to make more money. They were after sending he Corey, over. Corey Joseph out in that trade, and it's I just see. sort of like, eh, like, yeah, okay. It seems so like, like Joseph is a better here. Who cares guy. at this point for the Pistons? Yeah, yeah. No, no way you. And, and supposedly Corey Joseph is the Killian Hayes whisperer. So like, if if Hayes is good, like you're not letting him. Go. Corey yeah. Joseph go if that's actually improving Hayes's game, and it may be he slowly continues to get better for the Pistons. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Colin Sexton, Killian Hayes, sign and trade. um, (laughs) I mean, no, 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 no. I won't do it. I won't entertain it. I will not even respond to it. We, but let's talk about a couple of the other aspects of this um, Cavs trade. Um, It moves Rondo to at least third string, maybe even a guy they just play a few minutes a game, save him for the playoffs if absolutely necessary when they get there, or maybe playoff Rondo shows up again. That would be awesome for them, but it's not happening right now. One of their, um, I can't remember if he was a hardship signing or just a signing straight up, but um, bringing Goodwin back, who's been playing for them some solid real starting minutes he's looked better than um rondo to me i could see him taking one of those two roles we were just discussing in a, at least in limited minutes yeah i mean i think given rondo's contract and his like diminished status in the league and just his age you know i think they'll feel comfortable playing him as much or as little as they need to or want to 
Um, but I think they'll probably value his like veteran know-how and having been in the playoffs and won championships because it seems pretty clear that the Cavs think they're like a really good team and they want to they want to win games in the playoffs almost to the point like I don't know how you feel about this but they gave up their their first round draft pick this year yeah. and they're they're still a pretty young team right we don't really we know Jared Allen is really damn good but we don't quite know what Evan Mobley is yet how good he's going to be on offense can you run the offense through him is he strictly like a complimentary offensive player and more of his value is derived from defense you know so they're still kind of trending yeah. upward and they're kind of pushing chips in now and i mean right. you know if it works they're it works. playing so well though and they have yeah. been at time and, and the east looks at least right now still kind of wide open like the bucks haven't been great um heat with everybody back they're a little scary in my view um yeah i mean the hawks have been bad now they're putting it together you know so i think it's coming together for a couple of teams but it's still kind of wide open in the east yeah i mean there's two points here i want to stay in the east but don't let me forget i wanted to talk about like the differing philosophies because the Cavs pushed in some chips to get uh, older talent to like win now but right. I think that the the Western Conference parallel for that their situation is the Grizzlies and I don't think the Grizzlies are going to do anything because like we're we're texting about the vibes Kyle like the Grizzlies <laughs> the Grizzlies are the vibes team and I feel like they'll be very reticent to mess up uh, the vibes of that team I think you're right that they could trade Kyle Anderson like, I think he's a part of the vibes, but, like, I don't think they're trading, like, Desmond Bain or Dylan Brooks. Obviously, they're not trading Jar or J or Triple J, but, like, yeah, Kyle Anderson is, like, I don't know if he's a part of the vibes, but I think he's, like, yeah. an expendable part of the vibes, but. I, I, I think that's it. He's he's an old head part of the vibes as far as the, 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 the Memphis Grizzlies makeup right now. Steven Adams, I think, fits into that well as sort of a, um, you know, uh, just that attitude they didn't have before fits in in a nice way. Mm-hmm. I think what I would love to see, and not just because I'm sitting on Brandon Clark right now in a couple of leagues, uh, who has been unbelievably efficient in the minutes he's had, it is sort of a, a fantasy star right now if he gets those minutes. I would love to, uh, I would love to see, and I have seen talk of it, Kyle Anderson going out, maybe another one of those back-end youngsters who's just not going to get minutes in this rotation for a more solid player they slot in at the two. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the the thing is, like, CJ, what the Grizzlies – no, I wouldn't do it for CJ. Um, what the Grizzlies need, like, seriously, what the Grizzlies need is like Jason Tatum. Like if the Grizzlies had Jason Tatum, like, would you be like, are they championship contenders? You know, like that, that's what they need. They need a big wing who can score and play, make and defend because they pretty much have everything else. Uh, you know, Bain, Brooks, jaw, triple J, Steven Adams, they're all pretty solid two-way players, um and, and you know, a ton of role players just yeah and they getting have a, it done every night and they're super deep they have a bunch of draft picks upcoming the when you said when you mentioned Stephen Adams what it made me think of if we're being honest Stephen Adams is like he's the adult in the room and he's the enforcer <laughs> he's the yep. one that can actually back up 
all the trash talking that everyone oh, else yeah. who's skinnier and shorter than him does. He's There's actually a lot the of one skinny that dudes on that up. team. <laughs> They're yeah. talking a lot. And yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, it's nice when you got Steven Adams standing there right behind you. <laughs> yeah, certain, certainly doesn't hurt. Um, yeah, I was kind of hoping the Grizzlies would make this. You know, I, I think your observation is absolutely correct. Memphis is playing really well. It seems as if portions of the West are open there. Uh, I would love to see them get just a little bit better and make that run. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the the Cavs, I think, are thinking, hey, we can still get the one seed. Like, we could be yeah. the one seed in the East. And, you know, like... They're not they're even a matchup worried. Problem. They're a matchup problem. They're like they're they're um yeah, yeah it's gonna be tough. a fun I playoff. Mean, they beat the I Bucks like it. recently. Like they're they're a fun, interesting team. So yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's what they're thinking. They're thinking we can win now. And as we were talking about beforehand, like this the Nets are the seventh seed right now. The Nets are in the play in tournament. And I don't think they're for now for now. Yeah. They're, they're trending downward. (laughs) They are trending downward. The Celtics are, I think are a game. Yeah. A game. No, they're, they're pretty much even in the standings. They're a game back in the loss column. Um, So I think the Celtics are going to be passing them soon. The Hornets, I don't have as much trust in them, but I kind of feel like if the Hawks keep winning, they'll pass the Hornets and then they might then pass the Nets. Yeah. And so the Nets could be the ninth or 10th seed uh, post haste. It's it's a little terrifying if you're a Nets fan, Nets player, or I don't know, anybody associated with the Nets, because it was not supposed to go like this. Um, they've had some terrible luck, uh, which has pointed to the team deficiencies there. Um, that, that team's really a mess. I don't know how they get out of it unless they get healthy. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, for a variety of reasons everything seems off there to me now um which brings me back to a joke i saw on twitter who won the harden trade the rockets or the nets <laughs> i mean i feel like you have to say the the rockets at this point i'm but... sorry the answer is the calves the calves <laughs> won <laughs> Definitely. That is definitely the right answer. <laughs> because now that one of the other pieces has rerouted uh, back to the Nets, there was a reunion of Karras and Jarrett and Cleveland seems like it bodes well to me. Yeah, uh, let's call it right now. The Cavaliers in the final. Yeah, yeah I don't they, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I, I mean, I wrote about this like I just why 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 did they have to why did they have to do that to my man Jared Allen like this team would be so much better if they had Jared Allen on this team and it was yep. so obvious like this is not yeah, it was sitting there it, it wasn't like this is not a smart take like I don't like we're we know a little bit about basketball but anyone could have saw that like seen that trading Jared Allen was a bad idea and like maybe they had to do it to make the money work or I don't know. It just seems like they're like, it does seem as if it was the only way the trade was ultimately going to happen somehow. I don't know. I would have called the other, I would have called their bluff and said, no, it was obvious how much he was improving. And then when we see the explosion, the whole point of sending picks is that like, if you're going to send all your picks, you better keep the young talent you do have because you're not going to get any new young talent with all the picks you have going out. So I don't think about it. Katie, Jared Allen at the five, Katie at the four, Kyrie running the point. 
if they ended up with Patty Mills again this season, if like any of those other buyouts, like who's picking anybody else but that team? It's like as, not counting Karras even, not counting him. As as James Harden gets less and less athletic, he's more dependent on running pick and rolls and throwing lobs to big men. Well, guess what? Jared Allen is the perfect player to do that. He could have done something with those. Yeah, he's basically the best big man finisher besides Rudy Gobert in the league. So, like, yeah. it's like you literally gave away the perfect compliment to James Harden to say nothing about what he would have done for their defense. Like, they would be way better on defense and they wouldn't be relying and taxing KD as much as they are. Their, their defense basically crumbles with KD. KD is the best rim protector on the team right now. That is insane. <laughs> and, and he's been hurt for a month and will be out another month. And he's still blocking nearly as many shots as anybody else on the team. Like it's, it's, and like Claxton has regressed this season. It's yeah. just, I don't know. He's had some injuries. I think that have hurt him a lot. He, he, he was on the way up um, with good health. I think he would be again, but it doesn't look good right now. Um, yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah, oh, definitely the- <laughs> fun. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I want I want to see it. Um, and the other thing is the Nets actually might, they might want to get to the, the ninth or 10th seed because if they're the seventh seed, they'll, ha- they'll be the home team for all their play-in games, which means Kyrie won't be able to play. So, <laughs> oh, so maybe they should lose more. <laughs> I love, I love if, if they could take an NBA season and give it a difficulty score, I think the Nets are making it as difficult as possible to win a championship. <laughs> right. And then if they, play, <laughs> if they play the Raptors, Kyrie can't, basically can't play in that series either. Nope. <laughs> he can't play in that series. And, and the Raptors, now that they have their, their all five back and Scotty Barnes isn't their best player anymore, instead is their fourth or fifth best player. Yeah. The Raptors look pretty dang good. They have their, their uh, Goran Dragic chip to trade for another piece. They have yeah. some other young guys that could bring something back. Um, <laughs> Do you think Pascal. they'll do anything? Pascal Siakam's been pretty freaking good this year. He's on my yeah. fantasy team, and he's doing it all. He's playmaking. He's dishing out assists. He's blocking shots. He's grabbing rebounds. He's scoring the ball. Like, he's he's he looks like, you know, all-NBA Pascal Siakam. I don't know if he's yep. going to make an all-NBA team this year, but he seems to be just as good as he was the year he did make it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the I Raptors feel like are, he doesn't get the respect the same way Jared Allen doesn't get the respect. Yeah, I think I think everyone is just kind of ignoring him because he missed part of the uh, season yeah. early on with the injury. It, it but, gives it an easy out to yeah. say, oh, no, he's not one this year, maybe next year. But basically, since he's come back, he's been really good. Right. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. It'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Raptors are able to do there. A few other things I've seen talked about, the Timberwolves are chasing Marcus Smart. I don't think that happens. Do you think that happens? I don't know. I mean, again, I feel like these teams, the play-in tournament is just... It's great for uh, regular season playoff races. It's very bad, it seems like, for team building. And, like, it makes every GM's job security, I feel like, much worse because teams like the Timberwolves and the Kings are like, we need to get better. We need to make the play-in tournament. We're going to, like, make trades and sign these players. And it's sort of like... They're you're not that everything good, up. Yeah, They're chunking not- everything up with terrible trades for yeah. everybody. Everybody's going to get fired. Everybody's going to lose their job. Everybody's going to lose minutes. It will all because of the Kings. It's like you're like the Kings, like the Kings are 13th. 
They're thirteenth, and the with, with and some the, really good players on that team. Like, and the teams in front of them are very bad. Like the Lakers <laughs> are ninth somehow. <laughs> they're terrible. They're absolutely. They look terrible. They are terrible. They're in a serious bind. They won't stop taking talking about their one trade chip, Taylor Horton Tucker. Uh, I know they want to throw some other guys in there. Do they get anything back here? Like I, I just don't see it. I mean, not, not with his contract. Yeah, I don't know. Like the Lakers definitely should be trying to make a trade. I mean, this is the thing we yeah, talked they have about. To, but what? <laughs> we talked about the <laughs> we talked about the return for Karis Levert, and you know, I think that the Pacers got a fair amount for Karis Levert. They got a, yeah. a first round pick, an expiring contract and two second round picks. And one of them is a pretty juicy second round pick. I think it's a rocket second round pick. Um, And, you know, I, I've been hearing that like teams like the, the Pistons and the Kings probably want two first round picks or like a first round pick and a young player, like some sort of asset for Jeremy Grant and Harrison Barnes. And I don't, and it, it seems like they should be able to get that because basically every team is trying to make the play in or make the playoffs and win. But like, I don't know, like the only way they, the Lakers make a trade is if just the offers get so low that like right. teams are actually like, we think you might be really bad really soon. So yes, please give <laughs> us your pick. Like right, that seems right. to be the only way it happens. And that could given their roster construction there like they go from being a, a, a let's just say hopeful playoff team because they're not championship contending in their current uh, arrangement um you, you know they go from being hopeful all of a sudden to like not going to happen anytime soon yeah and i mean it, yeah i mean this is the thing like the tankathon is basically ended with the with the messed up lottery odds but right. it might be back this season because the Pacers, they've already made one trade. If they make more trades, it's not going to be hard for them to, like, get – I mean, catching the Magic might be hard, but, um, you know, like, it's right. not going to be that hard for them to kind of, like, catch up with those teams that are, are out west, you know. Well, right. Detroit's been winning some games. Houston's definitely been winning to games, winning games and trying to win more the games. Kings who are am I missing in games. the West? Oh, and the, right. The Kings are trying to win. So the Spurs I, apparently refuse to tank. Uh, any real like, effort to tank. And I think any team could get there still from this point. Not any team, obviously, but any of the teams toward the back end. The Lakers could get there, too, if they wanted. The Pacers are 19 and 36 <laughs> and uh, the Thunder are 17 and 35 and the Rockets are 15 and 38. Like, yeah. It's yeah. not that much of a difference between those teams. And the Pacers were supposed to be a playoff team this year. And the right. Thunder are once again somehow winning too many games. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it, it just keeps happening. It's it's uh, kind of funny every time it does. Um, you, you know, they, they, they blew it last year, falling to four or five, ultimately, from the bottom in the standings yeah. by winning some late games. It looks like it's happening again. I think the Pacers will get there, though. If they keep starting a two guard or a two three whatever you want to call um i'm blanking on his name already i've seen two stat lines from terry taylor terry <laughs> taylor if they want to keep starting to a two at the five i bet they can get to the bottom of the standings yeah i mean they they've been playing with a pretty skeleton crew recently you know i think Kiefer sykes is playing a lot of minutes who was signed Dwayne Washington yeah Dwayne like and also like it seems like after the trade you know 
teams like Chris Duarte, Dwayne Washington Jr., they're, they're, they they want to see those guys play. Yeah. So I was talking to our buddy Chris today, and he was saying that he's he's just picking up all the Pacers guys yeah. on the wire. On the wire yeah. in the league, so. I've noticed it. I like it for Chris. I think any of those guys could pop. I have no idea who it's going to be. Uh, yeah. you, you know, Isaiah Taylor's looked incredible. Not Isaiah, Isaiah Jackson's looked incredible in limited minutes. Yeah. You know, they might keep them limited for, you know, it, it's hard to read this situation here. Terry Taylor, you know, came out of nowhere. His hard work earned him minutes. He blew up, looks fantastic, really fun to watch. Dwayne Washington, I think is the guy over Sykes, especially for fantasy, especially for keeper dynasty fantasy. I don't know if that actually ever amounts to anything. Yeah, uh, yeah, a little, little hard to tell what the Pacers are going to do there, but it will be fun to watch. Some other, I think we've, yeah, I think we've noted this before, but Ricky Rubio is is not exactly. Uh, he's not getting traded from one coastal elite city to the next. He's he really is not getting uh, an experience that you know uh, <laughs> a, a Spanish-born player might enjoy in the U.S. He got the pure middle American experience <laughs> for almost all of his career. And that is why he will no longer play in the NBA ever again. It's an expiring contract. He's going back to Spain to oh, be man. with his family after this, to watch his kids grow up now that they're entering school. It's the last we'll see of Ru- uh, uh, Rubio, I believe, based on the statements he's made after this. So, Wow. Well, that would be, yeah. that would be shocking. Hopefully, yeah, I, I'd like to still see him in, in the NBA, but, you know, I can't knock him for going to hang out with Pau Gasol and, and Marcus. Yeah, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Other, other other life is in front of him, he said, and, and, and he's looking forward to that. Um, uh, one of the teams we've talked about last time we talked about trades, the Jazz, they have to do something, we said uh, a couple of weeks ago, absolutely have to do something. They still haven't done anything, and now it's worse. Do they do anything now, or is it? Do they just fall out here? Because I, I mean, I don't know what they get back. They didn't have a lot of pieces to trade to begin with. They've lost a key cog in how that Jazz engine runs. Yeah, I mean, they don't have much to trade as we've discussed before, but I, I feel like they'll find a trade i saw a headline and it was the, about the jazz and there was a picture of um i'm blanking on the name it was why am i blanking going out it was a celtics player here i'm gonna find this um it was josh richardson and i was just oh. sort of like i don't think I like josh richardson bit. is solving any like this is the problem but, for the but like for the I, jazz. I like the piece for them at least he kind of approximates what joe did yeah yeah but but i mean this is the thing they can't really focus like is it just enough to replace joe or do they no, have to no, like no. right that's the problem they they need two pieces here they need to like even know they if they can like get build one. off of what they already had you know they need it but i don't know like like we've been circling around this before on other pods like is it even possible to improve their defense without Donovan Mitchell committing to it or being better or like growing two inches. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's possible for them to improve their defense. Well, um, the one thing I would add to this, and I have to look up his name to be remember how to say it. The third string center for the jazz. um, 
if I'm remembering right, he took some of Whiteside's minutes the other night. Whiteside, if you play fantasy, fantastic. You have Whiteside, he's filling up your stat lines. On the real basketball team of the Utah Jazz, he's a hole at the five and has been really problematic in their fall from, um, you know, competing from first. They were running, um, where's it, uh, Udoka, Azubuki, and they look better. It looks like a solid defense. Again, it approximates what the first unit does. Um, There's maybe something there. Trent Forrest has done okay. Maybe Jared Butler shows up really, really fast and and it works. Um, But yeah, I I don't know what else you do here. Yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like we're being alarmist on a lot of teams. Like, the, the when the Jazz are healthy, they're still really good, and they might just be able to outscore teams even in the playoffs. You know, it'll be yeah. a more, like, normal environment in the playoffs, obviously, because there'll be fans present, and maybe the, like, bubble shooting just won't be there. So it might make that more difficult. But, you know, like, I think they'll probably – I think they'll manage to stay within the top six uh, in the Western Conference – you know, they're, they're 37, they're sorry, they're 32 and 21 right now. Donovan Mitchell's back from his concussion. So hopefully they can just outscore opponents and hang on to that fourth through sixth seed somewhere. Um, You know, the Nuggets are still Gobert will be back soon too, I believe. I can't remember exactly what his return date is, but yeah, they've been out without both of those guys. That's the main reason for the late slide, not losing uncle Joe. Uh, But I, um, yeah, yeah, I think they'll be all right with those guys. I don't think I have any confidence in them going anywhere in the playoffs, though. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, you know, as the saying goes, styles make fights. And I feel like with the play-in tournament and all the COVID absences and injuries and unexpected teams rising in the standings, there's going to be a real opportunity for a number of teams to get bounced out in the first round this year yeah. that had higher oh. expectations coming into the season. Like, if the Jazz get in the wrong yeah. matchup in the first round, they're done for. Like, yep. I would not want to play the Nuggets, especially if Jamal Murray is back by then if i'm the jazz is very we're bad hearing buzz maybe maybe <laughs> that's very bad i would not want to play the grizzlies if i was them either like this nope. version of the grizzlies <laughs> i mean they might be able to beat the grizzlies but eh, I, I well they I don't sure know. don't want the warriors or the Suns either like yeah the, the, we're adding up a lot of teams <laughs> so i don't know yeah yeah no it could it could be rough um any other trade talk trade hopes you want to throw out there um, free Jay Sean Tate. That's how I wrote that in my Sunday recap article for Razball. Um, I mean, in, in a sense, Jay Sean Tate is in a good situation because he gets to play a lot of minutes um, and he can produce and show off his skills. But I just think that like he's probably better and further along in his development timeline than the younger players, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green um, in, in yeah. Houston. So it might behoove him to um get on a different team and also like if he could go like if he wound up on the jazz that might be good um you know I think there's real questions about his shooting and whether or not that shooting will translate to the playoffs I would imagine teams would kind of sag off of him but the jazz might have enough shooting everywhere else that um, they can make that work um so and he would also like 
hell, maybe Jayshon Tate could be the point of attack defender for the Jazz. I mean, he can certainly – he's like, yeah. I think, 6'5", six, 6'7". Six, he, can, he can defend guys Strong in the post, but he, he moves his feet really well as well. Yep. So, yeah, I think Jayshon Great Tate hands, good feet. It, it, yeah. is, is someone that I would like to see get a new situation. Eric Gordon also um, sure. seems like he doesn't really make sense on the Rockets. Um, just for the, the, you know, the crazy fantasy season, I want to see Eric Gordon move out of the Rockets for whatever that does for the value of Shangoon. Um, uh, uh, who am I, I'm blanking out, oh, Josh Christopher or uh, Kenyon Martin. Like all of those guys with minutes are going to be pretty good pro players. Um, I, I would love to see that start happening now. I'm a little tired of watching Eric Gordon, to be honest. And I watch <laughs> a lot of Houston Rockets games. I just want to see the young guys run and have fun. I don't want to see old man or Eric Gordon out there, even though he's been, he's looked good this season. I'm glad to see him back in fine form, which, you know, it's been a while. So Michael Kimball uh, <laughs> wants to lower the, the competent quotient in in houston no it more gets, competence get all gets, the competence out of here it's it's what's i think you know what's ultimately going to happen do we see josh christopher running the point next year i don't know i don't know if he has that kind of ball handling skills like i i see him more as a get a bucket guy based on like yeah. my limited watch definitely of him. score not not as good of a dribbler but a he seems to have a better team flow feel than KPJ does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it seems like they kind of have one too many score first guards and none of them <laughs> yeah, are efficient enough right now. <laughs> or five of them, depending on how you count. Yeah. It. I mean, I, mean the, I feel like Jay Sean Tate's probably the best passer um, and maybe, yeah. in, the, in the starting lineup, maybe. <laughs> so I don't know. It, oh, it'll be. Shangoon. I would give you Shangoon, though. Yeah. Like um, is, who, who they've been starting. They started at, I think they started him at the five and Wood at the four in the last game. I can't quite remember, but yeah. Um, fantastic passer. One of the reasons I think he will function well um, ultimately there, even with his defensive liabilities uh, that we've seen so far. So yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Trade season. I love it. I love what it does to the fantasy season. Um, my one last mention, um, I want to thank the NBA for naming LaMelo Ball and DeJounte Murray as replacement players for the all-star game. You only have one more to get right. It's Jared Allen. Let's get him in there as a replacement. I don't care which veteran needs to say they're hurt to get out, to get Jarrett Allen in, but I think this needs to happen. That is a shot tower pod for this day in February of 2022. We are turning off the phantom power. Cheers.